Good morning. Good to see you. Hey, Eric. Eric, could you put up the house lights? I want to see who's out here. It is good to see you. It's really good to see you. It's so good to be back. I, I, um, yeah, I'm, Pastor Gill's still bugging me, still ribbing me. I'm glad he's doing better. We, um, I'm still involved in Urban Promise International, actually, says Nancy. And uh, I'm, I'm actually going to be here Saturday night at 5 in the chapel next Saturday. On my way back from the Poconos, Nancy can't make it, but I'm going to stop in just to see uh, what's going on. You know, when you have these UPI fellows in your home just overnight, it, it's a big deal. I, I used to, they used to meet at the early service or the Saturday night service. And I'd see them meet the, the fellows, take them home to their house just for an overnight, give them breakfast and bring them back. And I'd look the next morning, I'd think, what happened? They, they, it's like they're the same family, they're in love. I, but something happens, so if you're one of those extra four that sponsors the, the fellows, uh, and I'll look to see you again next Saturday night and hear about the trip to Uganda, Dave and Melissa, and their lives were changed. Dave and Melissa, when you sponsored a fellow, or when you had them in your house, it changed your life, didn't it? Yeah, all right, so. Uh, good to be with you. Here's a slide. When, we, when I retired five years ago, church gate was so nice to us, but they gave us a trip to Israel. So Nancy and I went. Do you know where we are right there? We're in the wilderness at the foot of Mount Sinai. Is that unbelievable? And that was the biggest thing for me on that Israel trip that you gave us. It was to, to be on the Sea of Galilee in a boat you know, where Jesus and the disciples were, to be in Capernaum or Bethlehem or, or, or in the Sinai. It just, it was, it truly was holy ground. We thank you very, very much for that. Uh, it meant so much to us. Now, scripture uh, this morning is Romans 3, 21, 26. And just to save a little tough when you're not preaching every week, uh, I'm not gonna read it right now because I'm gonna read the three parts of the, of the text when we... Uh, do you put in the text up that I wanted to show it to him? Is the text there? There you are. So this text in Romans, just say this. It's, it's about how God is, the, the way to salvation is by grace. It's by free gift of grace, not by the law. But, it, but it, it's not uh, removing the law. Remember what Jesus said, I've come not to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. So we'll get back to this Romans passage and I'll read it in, in the three parts in the, in the context of the sermon. So the story I wanna tell you at first, people ask what we've been doing. Well, I'm sitting there minding my own business during the pandemic. I'm an extrovert and I need people. And it was, it was miserable for extroverts. Wasn't the pandemic awful? And uh, you, so I'm sitting there and I got a call from Rich Jacobs who, um, I had interviewed once. Remember the old interview sermons? We had somebody up and we'd interview them. And, uh, and I interviewed Rich. He was a, a Department of Corrections employee at Graterford. Now, he's, it's, now that Graterford's closed down. They're, they're next door in Phoenix. And uh, Rich teaches vocational training, things like move, running a forklift, that sort of thing. And, um, but he had an idea for a series of books about how inmates, we call inmates who are, have been released returned citizens, how inmates get free and stay free, not just physically free, not just out of prison free, but spiritually free, spiritually free in, in their relationship to, to God. And um, that's what, um, um, 
the series of books is, is about. And, and it kind of developed. And when I look back on it now, I realize this is the book. It's going to be available to you on July the 12th, everybody, on Amazon. You can, and this, see, this, got my, this is good for my ego. It's good to come back here for my ego, too. <laughs> but you go to Amazon today. You can type in, we're on the search. You go to Amazon.com, David M. Lewis. And the book will come up about seven or eight books down. Uh, and, um, and, and you can pre-order the e-book. You won't get it till July 12th. And you, starting July 12th, you can order the paperback book. And we have Rich Jacobs and my spouse, Nance, Nancy, will be at the table. They can answer your questions about the book. There's a sign-up to give us your email if you want to learn, you know, get the updates. There's um, sheets of paper that tell you how you order the book. But all the proceeds go to Yoke Fellowship Prison Ministry. Yoke Fellowship Prison Ministry the ministry started by a Quaker named Elton Trueblood, a Quaker uh, preacher. And, and our mission in Pennsylvania is to yoke inmates, uh, to, to yoke at-risk youth, inmates, and returned citizens to Christ for salvation and a changed life. And all the proceeds are going to yoke. Fellowship Prison Ministry, before the pandemic, we had about 300 volunteers going into 44 state institutions, uh, prisons. I'm the chairperson for the, you know, the state now. And uh, so I got into this and, and we wound up interviewing 11 people in 10 chapters about how they got free and stayed free. And I think you'll, you can help us when you order the book. I think it's $6.99 for the ebook, $13.99 for the paperback. And when you order the book and write a two or three sentence review to Amazon, we get on the bestseller Amazon's bestseller list, and that helps us sell more books and more money that we'll, we'll be providing these books to prisoners for free and to, and to corrections officers for free. So we think it'll make a difference in their lives. But, but you're going to learn more about the book. As, as you'll see the, what's going on here with the book. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 3, it says, remember those in prison as if you were in prison. Now, why does God say that to us? Remember what Jesus said in, uh, in, in Matthew chapter 25? He said, he said the, you know, the Son of Man's coming, he's returning, and he's going to separate the sheep from the goats, and he's going to put the sheep on his right, and, he, and he's going to say to them, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you cared for me. When I was a stranger, you, you invited me in. And they're going to say to him, when did we ever do that for you, Lord? And he's, and he's going to say, whenever you did that for one of the least of me. And, and remember Jesus also said, when I was in prison, you visited me. So it's, it's very important to God that we remember people in prison and that we visit people in prison. And that's what Yoke Fellowship Prison Ministry does. We visit, we get inmates into small groups, we, we talk through the Bible, apply the Bible to life, and it makes a difference. I wish everybody learned what these 12 did, but I want you to learn today what these 12 did. There's one story I want to tell you in particular. It's about a woman named Marsha Curry Nixon. It's a Mother's Day story, and it's not an easy Mother's Day story. But as you listen to Marsha's story, I want you to um, try to look at her the way God does. In 1 Samuel, when, when the prophet Samuel is, God's talking to the prophet and telling him how to anoint the next king, and, and it's, it's young David. 
And, and God says to Samuel, God doesn't look at, doesn't judge people the way that, God doesn't judge the way people do. People look at the outside, at the outward appearance. But God looks at the heart. And try if you can, when I tell this difficult story about Marcia, to be looking for her heart and not just all the things she did. Uh, again, I think you'll learn something about grace, you'll learn something about crime, about people who commit crimes, and about our criminal justice system. And, and we all need to care for these people because God does. Romans chapter three, the first two verses. But God, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. Now it's just saying we can be made right without the law. It doesn't mean the law's gone. Jesus didn't do that. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, God had told us long ago he was gonna provide this way. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. No exceptions, everybody who believes. No matter who we are, law-abiding citizen or convicted criminal. Now, Marcia grew up in Philly, uh, inner city. Her parents were, were very, very young when they had her, and she didn't even meet her parents till she was five. She was raised by her grandmother. She called her Grams. She stayed with her grandmother till she was about 10, and it was a relatively happy life. But then her parents went to court to get her back, get her in their custody again. Even though they were divorced, separated, they wanted her back. And, uh, and life changed for Marcia. Uh, and from 10 to 14, it was not so easy. And I asked her about that, and here's, here's what she said. She says, just to bring things into a full circle, now she's living with her mother. I was abused, raped, and involved in molestation and incest in both households from the age of 10 to 14. The abuse began with my oldest sister and then one other sister and me. We were all protective of one another. As a result of these encounters, my sister got pregnant. Mom decided to keep the secret. A lot of secrets in this family. We were abused, I mean really abused in that household. We kept a lot of secrets. And she made us tell certain stories. And my sister's story was that she went out one day and hooked up with some guy and got pregnant. She would not let her abort the baby, so my sister gave birth to a baby boy, and mom raised my sister's baby as her own, as her son. We took turns skipping school to help take care of the baby. I, rem I remember a rape happening to me and children and youth services coming in. In other words, she was being raped as children and youth services were coming in to visit. In the midst of that trauma, my mother's boyfriend had assaulted me. Talking to the police and talking to social services was traumatic for me. I think what happened after that is they gave me permission to spend more time with my dad. So I have memories of going to grammar school while living with my grandmother, 
and then going into middle school while sharing custody with my dad and mom. I ran away a lot at that age. After those incidents, I starting, started running away. But she always went back to her grandma's house. She says, that's where I felt safe but they would come and get me. I did that for a while. I turned from a happy, loving, school kind of child to a very bitter, very broken, very heart, traumatic little girl. I did things to get attention. I took money from my stepmother. I would take change out of her room. I frustrated, I frustrated her with my running away. I started back talking. I was just angry. I was like, dang. I turned into this angry little girl. And my dad was abusive. He started drinking again. He thought it was under control, but he abused his wife. That was traumatic. And her reaction to dealing with his abuse was to abuse me. I got beat with an extension cord when I was in my father's home. She would beat my naked body and then put me in a bathtub with salt. That was supposed to heal the scars on my body, which went on for a couple of years. I figured the transportation out and I ran away a lot. Can you imagine? When she was old enough and she um, didn't want to heap all this trouble on her grandmother, she moved out with a guy. Do you think she made good choices in men? No. She didn't know what a, what a good father looked like, a dependable father. She. Uh, went with some guy and he had an apartment and he'd lock her in and she couldn't, you couldn't get out from the inside. He'd lock her in. She was pregnant. She had food in the fridge and she'd just wait there for him and he'd come back at night and then he'd leave the next day. And one day he didn't come home. She thinks now that he was probably arrested. Just never came home. She was in there locked in for four days eating and uh, finally she's dehydrated. She starts pounding on the door they get her out, she miscarries the baby. Now it's Marsha's life. The next guy, she's addicted to, to drugs, to cocaine. Another guy, more children. And eventually they, they want to leave the city to go to the suburbs. And they come to the suburbs, they come to Pottstown. And she's living here with uh, six children now ages two to nine, and, and they're so addicted, the two of them, that they're, um, they leave the children alone. The neighbors would keep an eye on them. She'd go out looking for drugs, and he'd be in the bathroom using. Now, eventually, the police were called enough. They, they decided, you know, this woman needs to be charged. The husband, he, he ran out. She was there. She went to trial and they gave her one and a half to five years for endangering the life of her children. What, what greater sin could a mother commit than endangering the lives of her own children? It's important here that uh, we look at another verse that God inserts in the midst of this Romans passage, it's a very important theological statement, and it's this, for everyone has sinned we all fall short of God's glorious standard. There, you know, when you look at a life where somebody has done something they had to go to prison for and 
endanger their own children. You, 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 there's a temptation to think, well, that's them. I'm, here, I'm in church. I'm a good person. But notice what God says. Everyone has sinned. Every man, every woman, every black person, every white person, every Latino, every Asian, every heterosexual, every homosexual, every single person on this planet has sinned. God wants us to remember that. Every one of us has fallen short of God's glorious standard. Well, well Marcia certainly did. Uh, if, you, if you read the book, it's not, it's not an easy read. Uh, Nancy would helped with the editing and you know, um, perfecting the grammar and so forth. And I'd give her, when I was done the first edit, I'd give her the chapter to read. And almost every chapter she came back in the room and I could see she'd been crying. Stories, are, they're just not easy to read. There's a, there's a hopeful ending. It's amazing what God can do. But um, you need to know that. Um, we want you to read the book. We want you to share the book. It'll help your fellowship prison ministry and a lot of people. But it's, you need to know what it is. Well, when she was sentenced, Marcia heard some words that she never forgot. They were from the judge. And he said this to her. He said to her, uh, she, says, she says this. He said, I couldn't have my kids back that I was not worthy of being a parent. That I had lost all my rights to my children. I could not have any contact with them, no, no telephone, no letters, nothing for the whole time I was being, uh, during my sentence. What they didn't know I, right away, when she was sentenced, she was pregnant. Now she's in uh, Montgomery County Prison, and she's going to have a baby. So they send her to Lancaster County Prison, and then when the baby came to Lancaster General Hospital, baby's born, she names the baby uh, Christian Nathaniel. And... Um, What's a mother feel when she's holding that newborn? Christian Nathaniel, she names him. 24 hours after he was born, they take the baby away. Can you imagine? Send her back to Montgomery, then up to Muncie State Correctional Institution, and she's so full of anger, she's so, uh, she feels so unworthy. She, 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 at herself, at the world, and she lashes out at another prisoner and they put her in solitary confinement. The hole, the prisoners called it. And here's where grace comes in. Starting with verse 24 in Romans chapter three. And whenever God, whenever you see uh, five verses like this, and you see the same phrase repeated three times, you know it's, that's for a reason. God wants us to remember this. And notice what's repeated three times. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. 
This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did not demonstrate his righteousness for himself. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness for he himself is fair and just and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Who makes sinners right? Not sinners, God makes sinners right. Where does he make them right? He makes them right in his sight. It doesn't matter what your neighbor sees. It doesn't matter what you see when you look in the mirror. The, the, only, the only judge here that matters is God and he makes you right in his sight. How does he do that? With the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. It's free to us because Jesus paid the, paid the price, right? And if all we had was the law, and we didn't have grace, what chance does Marsha Curry Nixon have? What chance do you or I have? None. But, but grace is a, is a gift. It's, it's free because Jesus paid for it. It's free to us, one free to Jesus. Well, Marcia takes all that anger into the hole with her, all that shame, that unworthiness. And this is what she told me about what it was like. She said, it wasn't until I spent those 30 days in the hole that I got to sit still and really reflect on my journey and truly ask God to forgive me, to say I was so sorry. I wrote a ton of, I wrote a lot of, uh, I wrote a lot of letters to my family apologizing and continuously, con and continuously trying to heal. It wasn't until I got out of the hole that I made a commitment to God. I spent 30 days focused on the word, reading the word, speaking out loud about my convictions. I was confessing and asking God for forgiveness. I made a promise before I left the hole that I would do whatever I needed to do to regain God's trust in me, restore my relationship with my children, and work on forgiving myself. She wanted to restore her relationship with her children, despite what the judge said. Well, there were inmates in, in, the, in prison that helped her. There were uh, people that went in, like people from Yoke Fellowship Prison Ministry that helped her. There were mentors on the outside when she got out that helped her, Christian mentors. And, um, and God did something amazing. She got out of prison. She worked for, a, for her first year shampooing hair in a hair salon. And finally she got them to agree to let her see the children at a McDonald's off the, of an exit on the turnpike. And she, she, this went on for many, many months. She was out for a year, and then she started seeing the children many, many months, and she, she'd, um, she had to be sure she was there on time, and that she had to show the social workers she was dependable, that she would, she would follow through, that she could be trusted with the children. And finally, she got them back. Now she has eight children, and she earns a bachelor's degree, 
and then she earns a, a master's degree. And she wants to help other women like herself. So she writes her master's thesis on the premature release of women from prison into communities. She wants to help return citizens be better prepared to get free and to stay free. She said it wasn't easy, it was crazy. Malcolm had tried to commit suicide. David was impulsive and angry. The other kids are in mental health care. She's in mental health care. But in the end, the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections, who had put her in the hole for 30 days, approved her as a, as a contractor, as a provider of services to inmates leaving prison. And now it's women and men. She has all kinds of programs in Pennsylvania and she just started a, a, opened an office in Virginia. Look at what God can do. Here's a woman whose own mother did not protect her, whose stepmother beat her, who um, was abused, who was addicted. She told me that in her addiction she, she prostituted herself and that she couldn't remember all the cars she got into with strange men. She didn't know why God kept her alive or how God kept her alive. She endangered the life of her own children. But look at what God is doing with her. How's, how did, how's God do that? It's not the law. The law is clear. I mean, law helps us develop morals and ethics. It teaches us the difference between right and wrong. We need the law. The law shows us that we need grace. But it's not the law that saved Marcia, is it? It's her connection to Jesus Christ. She yoked herself to Christ for salvation and a changed life. You know, there's um, the expression, there's an elephant in the room. Uh, and, and, and an elephant in the room means there's something big and real in this room and we're all just pretending it's not there. We're just trying to be oblivious. The elephant in the room to, in this room, in this sanctuary today, is not that inmates have messed up their lives and committed crimes. That's, that's not hard to see, we all see that. So what's the elephant in this room? I mean, I'll tell you what I think it is. And it's true in, in every Christian sanctuary. There's this, this elephant in the room that, that wants us to believe that we're better than other people, that we're not, we don't need grace as much as criminals do, or inmates do or our neighbor does. That's the elephant in the room. That's why John, or why, why, why God gave us Romans chapter three. All have sinned, all of us. We all, not just Marcia, not just inmates at Phoenix, all of us have sinned. We all need God's grace. Now here's your, here's your homework. Remember I used to give you homework? Your homework is, Buy the ebook, buy the paperback, share it with your neighbor, share it online. Rich Jacobs is going to be out there at the table, says Nancy. They'll answer your questions. Sign up for the, the emails because that's the way you maintain your, your own salvation by helping others. There's three things. I interviewed these 11 people in 10 chapters. Three things they have in common. One, 
They've yoked themselves to Christ. Two, every single one of the 11 is active in church. And three, they're all giving back some way or another. Mostly it's ministries to return citizens. But same for us. Yoke yourself to Christ. Stay where you are in the body of Christ. And do give back. Help other people who are struggling like you struggle. Now it's Mother's Day and um, Marsha actually, she wanted to be here. She said, I wish I could be with you. You know why she's not? Because she had to be with her children. Here's a recent picture of Marsha Curry Nixon and her children. <laughs> wish you could meet this lady. Someday you will. This is Mother's Day. Remember good mothers. What a gift they are. Remember mothers that are, are not getting the job done. Try to, don't just look at the outward appearance, look at their hearts. They're wounded too. Pray for them. And give thanks to God that you're made right, right, not by anything you do, but by what God has done for you, by grace. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your son, our savior, Jesus Christ, who paid the price so that we could receive grace for free. We thank you today for our, our moms, our mothers, women who have touched us, mothered us, loved us. We pray today for uh, inmates as if we were in prison with them. We pray for mothers who struggle and uh, pray for your grace for them. All this, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, amen. Now, see if you remember this one, all right? Who can, who can, I'm not real great at ASL, but what's this? Be bold. Everybody, right, ready? Be bold. What's this? Be humble. Be like who? Jesus. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen.